It's so easy to get swept up in all the hype about growing a six, no seven, no eight figure business. One that allows you to make money while you sleep, while you're sitting on the beach, working for wherever, living that laptop lifestyle. But the thing is when money is the only metric we're using to define our success, we lose sight of what actually matters the most to you. Back in my 20s, my definition of success was 100% focused on what I thought success should look like. I got my MBA, I married my college sweetheart, I had an amazing career, what many would consider a dream job. But I quickly realized I was living someone else's definition of success. And it didn't hit me until I was on the fast track to burnout, where I landed in an emergency room 10 times in 10 weeks in the summer of 2008. And that's when I realized that I needed my own definition of success. I needed to understand what actually mattered the most to me. So today I'm here to share with you what has taken me over a decade to unlearn, to unlearn all of the messaging around what success should look like, and instead, how we can design a life and in a business that is in 100% alignment with what matters most to you. If this is resonating, stay tuned. Today, we are talking about creating your definition of success. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me every week for candid conversations around stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to just give you all a quick update. I have returned from a little bit of a whirlwind where I was in Atlanta for the first ever She Podcast Live conference, and then I returned to Richmond, my home base here, and attended RebelCon. I have so many amazing insights to share with you from these experiences, but the biggest thing that I took away, especially from being surrounded by over 800 women podcasters at She Podcast Live, is just how incredible this community is. I kept running into people who were saying, oh my gosh, Rachel, I've been listening to your podcast for years. Yours is one of my go-to shows to listen to. And it just meant so very much to finally put some faces to the names that I have been messaging with online, on social media, etc. So if you have been following along with Promote Yourself to CEO, if you've been listening to my podcast over the last few years, I really want to get to know you. So please make sure that you take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram. Tag me at rachel.cook so that I can connect with you, get to know you and your business a little bit more. I really am here to support you in growing an intentional business that makes a big impact in the world. So I can't wait to connect with you and hear your ahas and insights from today's episode. Today's topic of creating your own definition of success 
is so incredibly important to me because like most people who were raised in the 80s and 90s, I was brought up with a whole generation of girls who was told that we could have it all. We could go to college. We could break through the glass ceilings in corporate America. We could bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan. We could achieve anything. And so we did. More women than ever before are graduating college, scooping up master's degrees, and becoming doctors, lawyers, and professionals. We have incredible women in powerful positions, sharing how we can learn to step into the role of leaders, executives, and CEOs in our industries. And despite all of the progress that women have made in the workplace over the last few decades, over my lifetime, it's simply not enough. And this is something I am incredibly passionate about changing. We are still struggling to close the wage gap. We're still fighting for our rights to paid maternity leave here in the U.S. And we are massively underrepresented as CEOs, executives, and leaders in every industry. And this explains to me why more and more women are breaking free from the old paradigm of climbing the corporate ladder and instead following their own path into entrepreneurship. I mean, after all, if the rules of the game are not working, isn't it time to just change the rules? I think it is. And this really hit me about five years ago when I had the honor of speaking to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Center for Women in Business. I showed up for this event where I was going to be talking to a room full of women small business owners on entrepreneurs. And I was honestly blown away. I did not know what a big deal this event was going to be. But there were over 100 women in this historic ballroom in the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in Washington, D.C. And when I looked out over that room, I simply saw so much opportunity and so many women who were trying to create something different for themselves and their families. I shared with them how I had, in just a few short years, built a business that allowed me to work 25 hours a week, stay home with my kids, really enjoy those early first years of being a parent, and even retire my husband. He was able to leave his job as a seventh grade English teacher to come be a full-time stay-at-home dad and part-time podcast editor for me, since that's what he does. He edits this episode, this show. And after I shared my story and I shared how I had been able to do what I did, I spent nearly two hours talking with women who were just amazed that I created this completely unknown version of success. They didn't even know it was an option for them. As I talked with these amazing women from around the U.S., I really took heart that for a lot of women, they have set their worth, their value as entrepreneurs on only one metric, how much revenue they bring in, how much money their business generates. And this just is not the only metric we should be taking a look at. Something I want everyone to really think about is 88% of women entrepreneurs are making less than $100,000 a year in gross revenue in their business. And money is only a portion of this whole equation 
that creates our success as entrepreneurs and as small business owners. And don't get me wrong, a profitable business is a must for long-term business success. Unless you want to have an expensive hobby, your business has to cover its expenses. You have to pay taxes. You have to make sure you can pay yourself. But when we're only focused on the money, then instead of creating a business that loves us back, that really takes care of us, we find ourselves in this abusive relationship with our business where it is demanding 100% of our time and our energy and leaves us with no time and energy to enjoy our life. Too many entrepreneurs find themselves on the fast track to burnout and research is showing that over 80% of new businesses crash and burn within the first few years. There's so many reasons that businesses are not succeeding long term And what makes us have to ask ourselves, how can we set ourselves up better? How can we change the numbers and beat these odds? Well, what if we looked at everything we wanted to create in our lives and our business? Could we really set ourselves up to have it all? I believe you can have it all when you are willing to define what it all means to you, when you're willing to define what success means to you. In over a decade of working with women entrepreneurs, I realized most of us simply haven't taken a moment to really define our version of success. And without spending time answering this crucial question, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment when we're constantly chasing someone else's definition and it doesn't align, it doesn't fit us, our lifestyle, or our family. I found that clarity around your definition of success is incredibly empowering. You get this filter for decision-making, something that helps you to assess if an opportunity is a shiny object or a gold mine. It really helps you to make space for what matters most in your life. And it becomes a tool that you can use to strategically plan the trajectory of your business in the future. So today, I want to walk you through the different areas that I consider when I'm creating my own definition of success. I really look at this from a very holistic perspective. I want to make sure I am encompassing all of the areas of my life, not just how much money I am making. So let's go through this together. And if you want to go head over to the show notes, I have created a workbook for you so you can create your own definition of success as well. The first area I always look at is my life and lifestyle. Now, I know this might sound completely backwards, but I have found again and again and again that if you don't make space for what matters most to you, then you struggle to make space for it at all. So I'm always thinking, what are my priorities in my life and in my lifestyle. So I start by asking myself a few key questions that really help me figure out what is important to me right this very moment. I start by asking myself, what does an ideal regular day look like? A day in the life of Rach from the time that I wake up until my head hits the pillow at the end of the day. Now, this regular day is not a vacation day. It's not a fun travel day. This is just a regular day in the life. And for me, 
it's a pretty simple day. I have to be honest. It looks like I wake up first thing in the morning, a little bit before my kids are out of bed so that I can have a cup of coffee and get some peace and quiet, take some time to sit down and make sure I am clear on what I want to focus on today and set my attention for the day. I spend a little bit of time getting my kids ready for school. And when my husband and I put them all on the bus, we head out for our hour long walk. This is one of my favorite times of day because we have so much great conversation in that hour together every single morning. Plus we're getting our workout in, right? We're getting our movement in for the day. Then I can come home, get myself ready, sit down for a few hours to do whatever is in the calendar for the day. I usually work from about 10 to 2, and because I am so laser focused, I know I can get more accomplished in those hours than most people would in 8 or 10 hours of work. So I'm able to really get a lot of focused work done for my business, check in with the team close the laptop, and have a little bit of breathing room before the kids get off the bus at 2.30. From 2.30 until about 5.30, it's really family time. This is when I can take the kids one-on-one to go do a project with them or to take them to, you know, the kid activities. It's where I can spend some time around the house relaxing. Imagine that, just reading one of the books I'm reading or doing a little project that we're working on around the house. Then we have family dinner and get ready for bed. It is such a simple life, but that is my ideal day. And I make sure that it includes the things that are most important to me. Then if I ask myself, what does an ideal week look like? And I spread that ideal day throughout the week. What is changing? What is shifting? I make sure that I'm adding in the ideal week, a date night with my husband. I make sure that I add into my ideal week some one-on-one time with each of the kids. I can't get it every single day, but maybe I have a little hour of time dedicated to each of my three kids throughout the course of a week. I think about how much time am I spending with my family throughout the week? How much time am I spending on myself, so my own self-care, my own health and wellness? How much time am I spending on my own personal development so that I'm learning something or getting my own coaching or getting my own training? How much time am I spending on my health? This has become really, really important as I've realized I need to be able to hold a lot more space for a lot more people to create both the business and life that I truly want. So I have to ask myself, how much time am I committed to each of these different areas? And then how much time am I committed to working? How many hours do I have in that container that my business needs to fit in? Once I've got that broken down and I know where my priorities are, I also ask myself, where are my top three lifestyle non-negotiables? As in, these have got to happen every single week or every single month in order for me as a human being to feel happy and fulfilled. Some of the things that are so incredibly simple, but by really saying these are non-negotiable in my calendar. One is date night and those morning walks with my husband. We can tell if we have not had that dedicated one-on-one time together. And our date nights are not fancy. They're really usually pretty simple, but it's time for us to connect, to go out and do something different, to do something new together. And it's how we make sure that we are always on the same team. Another lifestyle non-negotiable for me is the self-care. And every single week, every single month, I ask myself, 
where do I need support? Where do I need to up-level my self-care so that I can be showing up the way I really want to? And finally, who do I need to connect with in my family, in my circle of friends? I'm always asking myself, do I need time with the people who matter most to me? I think finding these non-negotiables is incredibly powerful. And finally, the last thing I'd ask you is if you could upgrade three things in your current lifestyle in the next 90 days, what would you upgrade? Asking myself this question, at least on an annual basis, sometimes on a quarterly basis, has made such an impact for me. This year, I realized if I could upgrade one big thing in my lifestyle, it would be my health. So I went out, hired a new doctor, hired a new coach to help me with my health, and have really invested time, energy, and money into this to improve my overall life. And it didn't take a whole lot of any of that time, energy, or money. It just took getting intentional about it. So I asked myself about things in my life, in my lifestyle, things that I could simply upgrade. And it really gives me clarity on what is super important to me. The next thing I asked myself is my definition of success with my family and friends. Relationships are so important to women entrepreneurs. And I often hear from women who are saying, I'm so wrapped up in my business, I'm so busy right now that I don't have quality time with my family. I don't have quality time with my kids. It's been months since I've had a date night. It's been months since I've taken some time to connect with my mom or my sister or my significant other. So make sure you're being intentional, right? So I ask myself how I can really have my definition of success with my family and my friends. One thing I ask myself all the time is, who are the most important people in my life? Who are the most important relationships in my life right now? So I have three kids, Julie, Alex, and Mitchell. I have my husband, Jameson. I have my mom and dad. I have my sisters, my cousins. I have a lot of extended family, you guys. It can actually get a little bit overwhelming when I think about all the people that I feel obligated to stay in touch with. But every month or every week, I sit down and ask myself, like, who are the most important relationships for me to connect with right now? And as long as I'm able to do something to touch base with them, it helps me stay connected. It helps me invest in those relationships. And part of this is asking yourself, how often do you want to have quality time with these people in your life? There are some people that you simply can't see every week or every month. There are definitely friends and family who maybe I only see once a year. And that's the time that we can make on both of our calendars to make that work. But there are other people who I need to make space for every single week, like my children and my husband. They really, really depend on us to have that dedicated time together. So I have clarity on what that looks like. I have clarity on what that quality time means. So not only how often, but what quality time looks like. Like I said, the walks with my husband are quality time. Taking my kids on their own um, mom date, they love that. They get to tell me where they want to go to eat, what activity they want to do, if there's something they want to go look for. Often it involves a trip to the bookstore. But having that quality time really is incredible and has really helped me continue to nurture those relationships with my kids. So how often do you want to have that time and what does that quality time look like? 
And don't forget your friends. This is something that admittedly I have not been the best at. And a big part of that is just the season of life that I'm in. When you have small kids and you're running a business, I feel like friendships tends to kind of trickle down as far as where it falls in all of the important things you're trying to keep up with. But I do try to get intentional about when was the last time we had, you know, our friends over to have dinner? When was the last time we had a girl's night out? And I might not get to do this as much as I used to, but if at least once a month or once every couple of months, I'm having some time dedicated to my friendships, I know I'm in the right track. Okay. The next area that I always think about, and this is why I preach it so hard, is your health, your well-being, your self-care. I think this is something that often we're hearing about more and more and more. Self-care is definitely a buzzword, but I'm here to tell you that this is something women put last. We put it dead last, below everything else. And so we're pouring from an empty cup, and then we're wondering why we're so tired, why we're so distracted, why we can't get the things done that we really want to get done. And the truth is, if you pour into your own cup first, then you are coming from a place of being filled up, of having the health and the well-being and the energy to sustain all the things that you want to do for yourself and your life, but then it starts to overflow into everyone else. So I think this is something where being really intentional and making time for your health, your well-being, your physical vessel here, it's a huge key to the success that you want in the rest of the areas of your life. So ask yourself, how satisfied are you with your current state of health and well-being? I think this is something that I am really easy or really good at saying, you know what, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. But if I were to really get serious and rate it on like a scale of one to 10, 10 being I have so much energy, I don't need to drink a million cups of coffee. I am, you know, raring to go and super focused all day long. And one being I barely want to get out of bed. I'm so depleted and drained and tired. I often found myself ranking my health and well-being somewhere in the middle where I wasn't completely dysfunctional, like I could get up and do things, but I was definitely struggling on the energy front. And I felt like I was really having to push myself in order to achieve the things I wanted to achieve. So I had to get clarity here and start asking myself more questions. What does a healthy body look and feel like to you? To me, this is not about the size or how many... Um, pounds I weigh or what clothing size I wear. It's really about how I feel in my physical body. And so I had to get that clarity around, well, what's the difference between when I feel energized and when I don't? I have a huge disconnect here. So I had to do a lot of work on this area. And I had to start asking myself, what does my self-care need to look like every day, every week, every month? Are there habits I need to really get laser focused on? Are there things that I need to add into my routine on a weekly or monthly basis? And some of these can be incredibly simple. One for me is simply making sure that I drink enough water because I can tell when I am not. I can tell when I'm not drinking enough water because I start to nibble on a lot more snacks and I definitely am more prone to headaches and migraines. So I think about what are the little habits that really make a big impact I also think about how do I need to move my body every single day? How do I need to nourish my body every single day? And I get intentional about it. 
This is an area where I have had a lot of blind spots. And honestly, this year, one of the biggest things I did to help me in this area because I knew I was not living up to my definition of success and my health and well-being was I hired a new doctor. I started seeing a physical therapist and a mobility specialist. I started going to get massages again every month. I started going to a float tank every month. It makes such a huge difference for me. I really started working on things that would improve my anxiety. And that in turn has improved my overall health and well-being. So I think this is one of the areas, again, we tend to put it last, it falls to the bottom of the list, but man, can it make a huge, a huge improvement in your overall quality of life. Okay, we have two more sections that I want you to really think about for your definition of success. The fourth area here is your creativity and your self-expression. Entrepreneurs are creative beings. We see possibility everywhere. We love new ideas and we love to learn, try new things, dabble with new hobbies. I really believe that taking the time to cultivate those interests and those hobbies help you to not only relax and restore, but They help you to come back more refreshed, more creative in your business. In fact, some of my best ideas have come from me doing things that have nothing to do with my business. So ask yourself, what do you do for fun? Do you have other hobbies or interests that you used to have that you haven't been paying attention to? Are there any classes that you wish you could take? Are there hobbies you wish you had time to pursue? This is something that does not come to be easily at all. I tend to put all these things off on the back burner, but I did something this past year and I invite you to steal this idea that I thought would really help me to live into this definition of success for myself. And that was, I created a gift for my husband for Christmas last year where he had 12 little cards that I had come up with, one for each month. And I came up with a new date night for each month that was a new activity, a new hobby, a new interest that I knew we would both find interesting, find fun, and we just hadn't made time for it. So I organized date nights, everything from a painting class at a local brewery to going rock climbing at a local rock climbing gym to going on a hike along the James River. We have some beautiful hiking trails to just having a day date where the two of us would go through the museum together. And having these different ideas really, one, kind of hit two areas at once. I was able to have success in our relationship, but also have success in creativity and inspiration and doing something new and different. And it's one of the best things I've ever created. So if you're struggling in this area, I think that could be a lot of fun. It's a great gift to give yourself, but also a great gift to bring in other people in your life, your significant other, your kids, your friends, bring each other together through these shared experiences, through the shared creativity. We had a lot of fun with it. Okay. And this brings me to the final area of success, your personal growth and spirituality. When you're investing time and energy into filling your own love tank, you feel more grounded and empowered in your life and in your business each and every day. So I really think about what do I need to keep that love tank filled, to make sure that my cup is overflowing because I've really taken care of myself first. So 
no matter how spiritual you are or religious you are or mindful you are, whatever your practices are, here's a few that really help me. I ask myself, what mindfulness practices would you like to cultivate? Now, I'll be the first to admit these are challenging for me. I am not a natural journaler. I've never been someone who keeps like a diary. Um, I struggle with meditation, (laughs) but I can cultivate these practices with the help of some other tools. So I've been loving using Insight Timer and my friend Katie Kremisos. Um, women's meditation network podcasts. They are so amazing because they're guided meditations. So finally, I feel like I found something that really clicks for me and gives me that mental white space that I really need. Another mindfulness practice that was helpful for me was going to a float tank, which is one of those sensory deprivation tanks where you're literally floating in a extra strong Epsom salt bath. It was incredibly powerful for me because it was an hour where I couldn't really do anything but be present with myself. It was really challenging, honestly. But as I've done it again and again and again, I've learned to really just surrender to it and relax, which is something I desperately need as someone who struggles with anxiety. I asked myself, how much quiet time do you need each and every day to sit with your thoughts? Now, I am a super introvert. I'm a highly sensitive person. I need a lot of quiet time. And even though I love being around people and I love music and I love you know, doing things with people. Sometimes I just need to sit and slowly drink a cup of tea and stare at a wall or pet my cat or do something like that. And I'm very, very attuned to how much of that time I need a day. I can tell when my anxiety starts ratcheting up, it's because I haven't had the quiet time I need. I could especially tell over the summer when my kids were home, I make sure I carve this out, especially during the weekends and the holidays when I know that there's going to be a lot of hustle and bustle going on. Ask yourself, what do you need to stay inspired and to stay focused in your life and in your business? Some practices that I really love um, was the Start Today journal that Rachel Hollis created, where you're simply writing down things you're grateful for every day, and then the 10 dreams you made happen. So you're really clear and you're looking at your goals each and every day. I built some of that into my CEO planner, which is going to be available in just a couple of weeks. I'm really excited about this. But one of the things that really helps me stay focused in what needs to happen next is just the practice of having my goals right in front of me, having the goals for this week in front of me, having places where I can track my habits that are really important right now, and having a place where I can see my quarterly goals and my annual goals, always having it right in front of me helps me to stay focused. Ask yourself, how often do you need to fill your soul and your spirit each week? And what does that look like for you? For some people, this might look like going to worship a service, going to church, going to temple, going to anything religious. And I have so much respect for that. For me, it has always looked like just having time to fill my own cup with inspiration. I listen to a lot of books. I read a lot of different spiritual teachers from different uh, modalities and different uh, walks of life. And that always helps me to really get inspired. So ask yourself, what do you need to fill your soul and your spirit each week? What are your favorite things to listen to? Who do you like to follow? Who do you like to read their content? 
And how can you keep more of that around for yourself? I always make sure that I have both a fiction book on my nightstand, probably a business or a personal development book on my nightstand, but also something that is really meant to help me deepen my relationship with myself and deepen my spiritual practices. So there you have it. I hope this was helpful for you. Thinking through your definition of success. We talked about first, your life and lifestyle. How do you want to be spending your time and energy? Second, your family and friends. Who do you want to spend time with and what does that look like? Third, your health and well-being. How are you taking care of yourself so that you can show up the way that you truly need to in order to accomplish all these other things in your life that are important to you? Fourth, your creativity, your self-expression. How do you get inspired and how do you express yourself? And finally, your personal growth and spirituality. How do you make sure you're keeping that inspiration tank, that love tank all the way on full so that you're overflowing with ideas and inspiration to go after what you really want in your life? So I hope this helps you to start thinking about what success on your terms really could look like. And even if you're not 100% in alignment right yet, that is okay. By going through this workbook, again, head over to the show notes so that you can download the same exercises I just walked you through. You'll see opportunities to start moving towards it. Every little baby step, every little micro upgrade, every little habit that you implement starts to help you improve 1% every single day, every single week. And that is how you start to have an exponentially improved experience in your life and in your business. If you loved this conversation today, you're going to love the plan your best year ever challenge. And it is kicking off on Monday, October 28th. This 100% free five-day challenge is going to help you design a 12-month profit plan that is aligned with your definition of success. As I said, it's kicking off on Monday, October 28th through November 1st. I can't wait to share all of these daily uh, worksheets and challenges with you. Make sure you join us, rachelcook.com slash best-year-ever. For all the latest episodes and full show notes, head over to rachelcook.com slash show. If you don't want to miss Promote Yourself to CEO or any of the upcoming episodes, make sure you're subscribed via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Jameson Cook from JCC Podcast Production for producing and editing the show. Go check him out at jamesoncook.com to bring your podcast to life. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. We'll talk soon.